It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council, to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide, and they have a special offer for you, my listener. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. There's a new man in charge here in Carolina as Panthers former secondary coach Steve Wilkes has been elevated to the interim head coach for the next 12 weeks as he hopes to retain this job in Carolina in his hometown of Charlotte. And Wilkes has asked about this multiple times, finally spoke to the media on Tuesday and didn't really want to get into the personal aspect of how much this means to him. Having grown up in Charlotte, played high school football at West Charlotte Charlotte High, having gone to play at App State, coming back here, playing for a former Arena League team, the Charlotte Rages here in town, having coached at Johnson C. Smith University, and having Panthers in his blood spending 2012 to 2017 in a very – positive period of time here in Carolina under Ron Rivera. Now, David Tepper, the Panthers owner, would lead you to believe the Panthers have never had any success at all, and they never had music at all, but that's not the case. Steve Wilkes has seen the success. And Deshaun Brown of WSOC in Charlotte asked Steve Wilkes about what made him want to take this job, and it was the fact that he had been here before under Ron Rivera and he had seen when the times are good and that it's possible for this organization to have success and he wants to find a way to bring them back to success through the next 12 weeks and we'll see if that happens beyond now I'll be honest with y'all I do not think David Tepper is going to end up hiring Steve Wilkes just if you had to ask me right now which I'm giving you my opinion here on October 12th I do not think that's going to be the case just based off of David Tepper and his David Tepperness. He did not really lead us to believe also on Monday that he was all that interested. Now, he said if Steve Wilkes does an incredible job, and you look at the disadvantages that he has, especially at quarterback, and the fact it's a 1-4 in team. They have some issues. It's not just the quarterback. That can't be the only reason why they're 1-4. and four. So it's going to be a tough road. To, hey, it's going to be a tough road for Steve Wilkes to be able to find a way to get this team into contention and respectability and for him to earn this job. So we'll see how it works out, if it works out at all, down the road. But Steve Wilkes certainly is the right man for the job at this point in time. And we knew when he came to Carolina that the likelihood of him becoming the interim head coach at some point 
was fairly high. I had my hopes that Baker Mayfield would come in here and would turn this offense around and win games and the defense would continue to ascend, which I think they have, and that special teams would improve, which it has. But that just has not been overall what's happened here in totality through five weeks. The Panthers sit at one and four. So Steve Wilkes is now in position to hopefully turn things around here in Carolina. And he talked about when you look at the first five weeks of the season, a lack of execution in all three phases at some point in time is why the Carolina Panthers are where they're at right now and why Matt Rule is no longer the head coach here in Carolina. And Wilkes talked about how they have to finish games. Go back to week one against Cleveland Browns. Offensively, lacked execution the entirety of that game until the final 35 minutes where the former head coach here in Carolina said that they were a top three team in the NFL when they were playing in those final 33 minutes offensively, which was just a ridiculous statement and kind of a breath of fresh air. Not not kind of, absolutely. To listen to Steve Wilkes, who sounds like a serious person. I'm not trying to say that Matt Rule is unserious, but his overusage of the word elite, I'm not trying to attack this man, was just ridiculous. Steve Wilkes was all business. Didn't want to talk about himself and what it means to him. All he wanted to talk about is how they need to get better and how they need to execute. And through the first five weeks of the season, in all three phases, they have not been able to execute together. And that needs to change if the Carolina Panthers want to move forward and start winning games. Now, as far as scheme goes, we've seen that Bill Snow is no longer here in Carolina. He will no longer be defensive coordinator. Al Holcomb has now been elevated from linebacker coach to defensive coordinator. That is Steve Wilkes' guy. That should not be surprising at all. Phil Snow's been with Matt Rule dating back to 2013 at Temple. Wherever Matt Rule ends up next in college, Phil Snow will very likely be the defensive coordinator unless he decides that he's done with football and wants to retire. So that's why Phil Snow's not here anymore. And also, it sounds like they didn't really change things all that much based off of opponent. Steve Wilkes did say that the scheme's going to change a little bit. They're still not going to be able to completely change over their defense. And why would you at this point in time, considering it's one of the better units in the National Football League dating back to last season as well? So, yeah, you have a lot of key pieces. Why change things up? We'll get more of an injury report on Wednesday um, when Wilkes is back there speaking to the media once again and gets that injury report. They're going to have to change things up. And it's going to be predicated based off of the opponent. And I wonder if the Panthers had issues stopping the run against teams like the Browns and against San Francisco on Sunday because they weren't changing up their scheme to pattern against the, the, to the offense they were going up against. I don't know, but Al Holcomb, he'll now be defensive coordinator. He'll also call the plays, and there's going to be an overall different approach moving forward, and that's why um, Steve Wilkes decided to move off of Phil Snow, and he also brought up that offensively, defensively, the focus defensively needs to be stopping the run offensively, he's talking about they need to build some momentum, and by doing that, they need to run the football. So there's going to be plenty of talks about trading Christian McCaffrey. If the Panthers want to be able to find any sort of identity on offense, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with Jonathan Stewart, how what is the identity of this team, especially offensively? I didn't know what it was coming into the year, and now they certainly don't have one other than being one of the worst units, if not the worst unit in the National Football League. It really sounds like to me that Steve Wilkes, a defensive guy, which is not really surprising, is going to want to run the football can control clock and set the tone that way. And hopefully McCaffrey can still help stay healthy. And the offensive line can play at a high enough level so they can go out there and do that. Now, Steve Wilkes is not his first time that he's ever been a head coach. He is now the interim here. He was head coach in Arizona for one year, which has led to the lawsuit he has against the NFL and the Arizona Cardinals for their hiring practices. And we'll see how that plays out down the road. But he was asked about if there's any lessons that he can learn 
from Arizona. And he, what he said was to make sure that everyone's on the same page. And that's another thing where I'm not saying it's a shot at rule, but it makes you wonder, was everyone on the same page in that organization over the last 38 games of Matt Rule? I, I can't say that's the case because that were the case. The Panthers wouldn't be 11-27 and 27 during those 38 games under Matt Rule. So making sure that everyone's on the same page, everyone's heading the same direction, that's so important for him so he can turn this thing around. And you wonder, okay, why would he even think it's possible? You look at the roster, and that's why I'm having such a hard time necessarily buying into the overall roster teardown is like defensively, they've got guys. They have some players. Special teams is really improved. Offensively, the line is better. They have receivers. I don't know if that's the best receiver room in the NFL. It certainly isn't. But they have guys who can make some plays. They just got to execute. And Steve Wilkes brought up there was talent in that locker room. They got a Rams team on Sunday that's struggling. They are not playing well at all. I don't know how the Panthers are going to block Aaron Donald. Probably not at all because no one ever blocks that dude anyways. He's a complete monster. And they got a good defense over there. But offensively, Matthew Stafford had an elbow injury. And the Rams are a team that's kind of reeling early on. After that loss to Dallas on Sunday, might that be a great opportunity for the Carolina Panthers to pick them off and get a first win for Steve Wilkes? We'll see. There is talent on the roster. And he's taking a look at the whole roster. And he's not just looking at the quarterback position because he was asked, hey, you know, maybe Sam Darnold, would you go back to him? Steve Wilkes worked with Baker Mayfield back in Cleveland when he was the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. I believe that was under Freddie Kitchens. And so he's been here also now with P.J. Walker, who will likely get to start. He wasn't committed to him, saying let's still see what's going to happen with Sam Darnold here. But it's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Sam Darnold has not been designated to return from IR, so I don't think he's going to be out there starting on Sunday cross-country against the Rams. But Steve Wilkes is a serious man. We're not going to hear a lead all the time. We're not going to hear these random cliches. We're going to hear a guy who is confident in himself and shows true leadership. And that's what I think we got on Monday, or on Tuesday rather, when watching Steve Wilkes' press conference and listening to him speak about what he, this team needs to do to move forward. Because really for Matt Rule, it's like, okay, the receivers need to step up. All right. Okay. But your quarterback's not doing great. And then you didn't really have an answer for the batted balls. And you're talking about we got to do better on third down. Okay, how do you get better on third down? Is it by running the football and being in third and short situations, getting ahead of the chains? Didn't really specifically tell us like what they have to do to get better. Steve Wilkes said we got to stop the run on defense. We got to find momentum on offense. And how we're going to do that is by running the football. He gave us a concrete plan, which Matt Rule was not giving us over the last couple of weeks. And just that change in leadership and philosophy, I think, can. Do positive things. Now, yesterday's problems are still today's problems as far as the quarterback goes, and his team really not having shown they have the ability to win and the ability to finish. But we'll see if that changes for Steve Wilkes. Because as much as he doesn't want to talk about it, whether he gets an opportunity to be the head coach here, and I really doubt that David Sepper is looking at Steve Wilkes as a serious candidate. Now, maybe Wilkes enforced him to look at him as a serious candidate, and Tepper would be wise to do that. Let's see how this plays out here in Carolina with Steve Wilkes. And I'm excited for him to get the opportunity, of course. A local guy who's been here before, knows what it takes to win here in Carolina, and made it well known he knows what it takes. And he thinks his team still has an opportunity to turn things around. But we'll see. My hope is that's the case. Well, I don't know, man. Not much evidence what we've seen over the last couple of weeks that really shows us that that is actually possible, especially looking at the quarterback position. Now, Steve Wilkes, his future is still, of course, up in the air. One person's future in that front office that we're still wondering about is Scott Fitterer. 
David Savage spoke to the media on Monday, was asked about Scott Fitter. Didn't really give a ringing endorsement that Scott Fitter would be here to see through the coaching search for the next head coach in Carolina. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with challenges in life, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or how small. Y'all, it's never a bad time to go out there and get therapy and talk to someone who can help you. It's a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time when you want. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Rule's gone, but what about Scott Fitterer? What's his future? Should he still be here in Carolina? Some questions that people are asking in David Sapper, who gave a uh, a spirited press conference uh, to sort of explain, but not really at all, why Matt Rule was fired. And we know why he was fired. He went 11-27. But David Sepper said there were reasons, didn't really want to get into the reasons, and had issues of people asking about all the issues that have occurred here since he's taken over in Carolina. We'll get into that in a moment here. But he didn't really want to answer that. But he did answer in a way, but not really. Scott Fitter in his future here in Carolina saying that Scott's our GM and he hasn't even thought about whether he would not be the GM moving forward. Now, I do think it's worth an evaluation considering the Panthers have a first, second, fourth, and fifth round draft pick. And a big conversation that we're having right now is that the Carolina Panthers trade guys like CMC, DJ Moore, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, to be able to recoup some picks so the next head coach comes in and has a solid foundation. That is certainly something to look at. And Scott Fitterer did say to us that he would be in on every deal when he took the job back in January of 2021. But being in on every deal has had a cost for the Carolina Panthers and Scott Fitterer. And I've been teasing this for a while. I spent some time last week to go back and look at every trade that Scott Fitterer has made here in Carolina and to see whether that was a good trade or a bad trade. And I'm not going to go through every single one of them right now, but I'm going to look at a couple that we certainly have looked at and talked about. The first one was trading Sam Darnold to the New York Jets for a 2021 six-round pick and a second-round and fourth-round pick in 2022. So that six-round pick in 2021 ended up being traded by the Jets to the Chiefs, and that player became Trey Smith, offensive lineman, from the University of Tennessee. Now, we've heard that name before because a lot of people have talked about how, oh, man, you drafted a long snapper. Why did you not draft Trey Smith? What I've told you all, though, after we saw Thomas Fletcher get cut was the mistake in the sixth round necessarily was not drafting Thomas Fletcher. Now, they made a, 
a mistake in their own right, trying to get rid of a guy like J.J. Jansen, who we talked to Mike K. last week from the Charlotte Observer, how J.J. Jansen is one of the leaders in that locker room. And it was a miscalculation by Matt Rule and by Scott Fitter in this regime to try and replace J.J. Jansen, the longest-tenured Panther. What really was a miscalculation was they could have taken Trey Smith, who had blood clot issues, and I understand a lot of teams in the NFL, of course, many of them, all of them at some point in time, pass up on him until Kansas City decided that they're going to get him in the sixth round at number 226 overall. So directly trading Sam Darnold led to the Chiefs getting Trey Smith, and that's a player that they would have loved to have instead of getting Deontay Brown, who currently is on the practice squad. That also ended up being a second-round pick in 2022. That turned out to be 38th overall. That's Arnold Evichette, linebacker out of Penn State, who plays for the Falcons now. And then the Jets got Max Mitchell off its attack out of Louisiana with that fourth-round pick that they traded away. There was another trade that we saw, the second one, was Teddy Bridgewater, who here in Carolina we knew he was no longer going to be around, and the Panthers were going to have to give, we're going to have to take on most of the money to get take him or to send him somewhere else, and they end up getting sent over to Denver for a 2021 six-round pick, and that pick ended up being for Denver Teron Jackson out of Coastal Carolina. But the important thing to note, though, is trading away Teddy Bridgewater later on did directly lead to the Carolina Panthers getting Brady Christensen because they traded that six-round pick they got from Denver to Philadelphia to then later on select Brady Christensen 70th overall. So overall, to be able to flip Teddy Bridgewater, then use the pick, flip it to Philadelphia to get a starting offensive guard, that's a positive move. But some of the other moves that he made, especially in that 2021 draft where he sent a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick to Cleveland for the 59th overall pick and 89th overall pick, so a second- and third-rounder. So that second-round pick in the Browns became Terrace Marshall, who had been inactive until on Sunday, where he was finally out there. And also they traded it away to Houston. That became Nico Collins. And, and then later on, the, the Browns went out there and picked Jeremiah Owusu Kromoromoa from uh, Notre Dame. He's been a pretty good player. So you ended up trading away two picks and getting Terrace Marshall. Of course, later on, you find a way to send one of those picks and get Brady Christensen. And even furthermore, you trade him away to get to Chicago and you end up getting Tommy Trimble and Shai Smith out of that. Trimble, okay, solid contributor. Shai Smith started as a number three wide receiver. Hasn't really made much of an impact at all. But overall, when you look at that draft class, okay, so Brady Christensen starts. Terrace Marshall, finally active after not being active. Tommy Trimble plays a decent amount of snaps as a tight end. Shai Smith. Hasn't really made that much an impact as a number three wide receiver. Chuba Hubbard, liability on special teams, doesn't add anything as far as out of the backfield receiving the football, just okay. You brought in Deontay Foreman to be your number two back this past offseason. Keith Taylor out of Washington, solid depth, has gone out there, acquitted himself quite well. Not like he's a game changer. Phil Hoskins out of Kentucky as a defensive tackle. What did he has he really done here in Carolina? Also, and then Davion Nixon, who you draft in 2021. Didn't make the roster coming out of camp. And then you end up bringing him on the practice squad, cutting him. But now he's on the active roster once again. When you look at the 2021 draft class, Scott Fitter maneuvered. We were impressed by it because we had never seen it before to get more bets at the Apple. But we've already seen Thomas Fletcher was a bad pick. Deontay Brown was a bad pick. Davion Nixon didn't really work out. Hoskins, Hubbard, Shy, okay. Tommy, okay. Terrace, nothing so far. Brady Christensen, okay, good job. Nothing has really worked out so far as far as the trades that he's made. Outside of, okay, one of them leading directly 
to Brady Christensen trading away Teddy Bridgewater. And the Darnold trade was a bad decision. Picking up the fifth-year option was also a bad decision. They trade away Greg Little, which was great. You got something for him to Miami for a 2022 seventh-round pick. That pick became Kalen Barnes, a Baylor guy, who didn't make the roster. And even if he had, well, he probably wouldn't be sticking around anymore considering the Baylor dude who wanted him is no longer here in Carolina. So when I look at the picks that he's made, like you, you trade away for Daryl Johnson. You give a six-round pick to Buffalo. Buffalo ends up using that pick to get Christian Benford out of Villanova, who has started for the Bills at cornerback this year. Daryl Johnson is in Seattle now. He was cut. He was here for, as a special teams ace, didn't do anything at all. We recall what happened when they traded away Darren Arnold and a third-round pick for C.J. Henderson and a fifth-round pick. Okay, they traded away that fifth-round pick. That became Sam Howell. Or at least the Jacksonville Jaguars traded away. Yeah, we the, the Panthers traded away, and that became Sam Howell for Washington. And C.J. Henderson, what has he really brought so far to the table here in Carolina? Not much at all. Stephon Gilmore, they trade away a six-round pick. New England now owns the Panthers' third and six-round picks this upcoming draft. Stephon Gilmore was barely here last year. So I appreciate that he's in on every deal, and he was honest, and he said that's what he was going to do. But what has it really done so far for the Carolina Panthers? Denzel Perriman went on to be a pro bowler. The Panthers used the six-round pick they got back from the Raiders and drafted Cade Mays, who has not been active at all this season. Scott Fitterer, the microscope's now on you, man. You didn't hire Matt Rule, but your draft picks in 2021 weren't great. Haven't really made much of an impact so far here in 2022 outside of Ike Iquanu. You did a panic move, traded up just to do something, get Matt Corral. Good chance he's never going to play a meaningful snap here in Carolina as long as the next head coach is hell-bent, which I imagine it will be, on drafting a quarterback in the first round. The Panthers are assuredly going to be in the top 10, likely top five, and odds-on favorites right now to get the number one overall pick. If it's the number one overall pick, I promise y'all, Matt Corral is not going to be in the plans to be the starter come week one next year unless there's an injury to that number one pick. And please don't let that happen. And I also don't really want the Panthers to get the number one overall pick. But if that's what it takes to get out of this, then that'd be great. But also, if they are the worst team in football, there's more problems than just the quarterback, which we've been discussing here throughout the first five weeks of the season. I'm not saying that Scott Fitter needs to go, but there's a lot to look at there as far as his resume and question how good of a job he really has done. And we, and at least David Tepper said on Monday that the head coach had a lot of control of the roster. And he would reevaluate that moving forward, that there should be a better balance between the GM and the head coach. So that's the one kind of get-out-of-jail-free card for Scott Fitterer, where you can sit there and you can place it all on Matt Rule. You can also place plenty of it on David Tepper. But all three of them are culpable for what's gone on here over the last two seasons, or really a year and a half, whenever Scott Fitterer got here to Carolina back in early 2021. He hasn't made great trades. The quarterbacks that he's tried out have not worked out. He did have, in principle, a deal for Matthew Stafford. That's unfortunate. It didn't work out. But Darnold didn't work. Corral probably not going to play a meaningful snap. Baker certainly hasn't worked. It was a move that you had to make. Scott Fitterer, though, his hands are not clean of the issues that we've seen here in Carolina. And when you look at the coaching carousel, Dan Quinn 
is going to be a candidate here in Carolina if Scott Fitter is a general manager. Scott Fitter is going to get an opportunity to be a large part of the conversation. And I know a lot of us are saying, hey, we want Scott to be the one who's running it. And if Scott's here, I imagine David Tepper will hopefully empower him to be the one to really primarily run the coaching search. But Tepper, at the end of the day, is going to make that last and final decision of who they want. But Scott has a relationship with Dan Quinn dating back to uh, Seattle. And Dan Quinn had success in Atlanta. Of course, we're never going to forget they blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl to New England. We're always going to laugh about that. Dan Quinn has one of the best defensive units right now in Dallas, and he's remade that unit, and he could step right in and do a great job with this unit. I don't love the idea of retreads. I also don't love the idea of having a former Falcons head coach. You're going to have to get over that, especially if folks out there who also want Sean Payton, and that's going to cost a pretty penny if they're going to get him from New Orleans. So uh, it's the it's going to be a conversation about Dan Quinn in here because of the relationship he has with Scott Fitterer. I would prefer to see a first-timer get an opportunity, maybe even a young offensive coordinator, head coach, or whatever, to come in here and be paired with a quarterback and for them to be attached along with Scott Fitterer if he still is a general manager. But we'll see how it, how it plays out because Scott has a lot to show over the rest of the season, especially if he decides to make some trades with CJ and DJ or sorry, not CJ, with CMC and DJ Moore and Brian Burns, maybe potentially Derek Brown, Robbie Anderson, some of these other guys. He puts a lot of that money down the road. They're going to have to figure out that cap situation, whether he's here next year or not. He has not protected the picks like he should have. We've already thrown one away with Baker Mayfield. Hopefully they can keep it a fifth rounder in 2024, opposed to becoming a fourth rounder by not playing the rest of the season. There's some liability that Scott Fitterer has to uh, assume at this point in time. I'm not calling for his head right now, and I'm not necessarily going to do that at all, but I'm not feeling as great about Scott Fitter as I used to, especially when you look at he's also part of the reason why Matt Rule is not here in Carolina anymore. Now, the main reason why Matt Rule is not here in Carolina is because he went 11-27 over the course of 38 games. David Tepper's the man who fired him. He's the man who hired him as well, and he spoke to the media sort of on Monday to explain but not explain why Matt Rule is here. Why David Tepper once again showed that he is just the absolute biggest problem with the Carolina Panthers organization. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Well, I'm sure we'll all be headed over to Bet Online to see who is the favorite to be the next Carolina Panthers head coach. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I think it's fairly obvious that I'm not a fan of David Tepper. Uh, if you've listened to the show, you know I'm not a fan of David Tepper. If you especially listened to yesterday's show, you know I'm not a fan 
of David Tepper. I felt when David Tepper came here to, to Charlotte that he was going to do a lot of good things for this city. And he has. He's brought an MLS team. He has brought plenty of concerts, which is great. He's given money to the community. He has tried to become a part of the community. He's done plenty of good things. And he seems to actually really want to try. And one of the things, too, was he relocated. He was living in Miami. He had spent time in New Jersey. He put aside Appaloosa management. And he came here to Charlotte to live in this community and to focus all of his attention on Tepper Sports and Entertainment which is the concerts, it's the Panthers, it's Charlotte FC. So he was willing to be here in our community and to try and understand who we are and to be a part of us. And I appreciate that effort. One of the earliest things he said that he wanted to make Charlotte the entertainment capital of the Carolinas. And when I heard that, I was like, aren't we already? We're already the biggest city in both North and South Carolina. We have the NFL team. We have an NBA team. We have a major university in the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, or the Charlotte 49ers, as they'd rather be called. You have Davidson also, which is a good college. You have now Major League Soccer, and you still get plenty of the big acts throughout the country when they come down here to perform, whether it be at PNC Music Pavilion or at the Spectrum Center. I was kind of confused by all of that. And that thought process came right back on Monday when speaking to the media when he was talking about, well, why he fired Matt Rule. And he was asked multiple times and did not want to give a reason why he fired Matt Rule. And Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer, who wrote a fantastic column on Tuesday, I encourage you to go out there and read it and also subscribe to your local paper if you live here locally. Scott Fowler was asking, what am I missing here? Is it just because he went 11-27 and or was there more we've heard since Matt Rule's been fired? And it's just things we always hear when guys get fired that he – really ran it like a college program that he was involved in the digital and how the organization was going to be portrayed and how he was going to be portrayed, which is just odd that he would want to even be a part of that. And there was former digital people who said like, oh yeah, that's why so many people have left because of Matt Rule and his behavior and all that. But David Tepper didn't want to get into any of it. And there was a really awkward and really petty exchange that he had with Fowler on Tepper's end. And he's saying, hey, Scott, I read your column. You know, why don't you go back and read all of it? Because I mean, apparently you know why he's not here. It's like, dude, just why are we having the press conference, David, if you're not going to sit here and tell us why you got rid of him? We know why, but you're not going to provide really any detail. You're not going to just go out flat and say it. You're just going to sit here and be like, I'm talking about the future now, but you're not going to talk about how we got here. And it wasn't just that. It was just, I mean, the, the, the whole music thing, saying, oh, in Charlotte, before I came here, there wasn't music. I know what he's saying. He's saying at, at the stadium there wasn't concerts. I think there was two concerts before, and there weren't really events out there, like since he's come, there's been like Garth Brooks, there's been Elton John, there's been the Rolling Stones, there's been all these old washed up bands that I'm sure I know love, plenty of you love, and I like the Rolling Stones too, and I respect John uh, Elton John and all that, even though I almost called him by the wrong name. Like I, I know they're big deals, but you're not bringing anybody who's culturally relevant in 2022. It's a cool. You're filling the stadium with that. That's awesome, and that's why there's field turf. He's had a Beer Festival, that was a complete disaster. I was there. <laughs> they were calling it the Fire Fest of Beer Festivals when the Untap Beer Festival was there. So we've seen that. He's brought MLS games. So th it's more busy than it's ever been as far as the stadium goes. And before, it was like the home games, preseason and all that, and regular season, and then nothing else. It was a venue you rarely went to. Now it's a venue that you go to probably every month of the year, which is what David Tepper wanted to do. But all that doesn't matter 
unless the football team wins. And he's offered no explanation at any point in time about what's going on in Rock Hill and the lawsuits that are going down there. He's brought up no explanation of why he backed out of Eastland Mall, where it was originally going to be the training facility in HQ, then it was going to be where the Charlotte FC Academy was going to be, and it's no longer there at all. He's offered no explanation to why Tom Glick left, the former CEO of Tefer Sports Entertainment, no explanation why Nick Kelly, who was the original president of Charlotte FC, then became the CEO of Tefer Sports Entertainment, left after three months on the job of that position. Kelly's considered one of the top young leaders in sports business, and he's no longer here. Tepper said nothing about that. Why Mark Nichols decided to leave right before the season started of Charlotte FC to go take a pretty much similar job with the Columbus crew. His first head coach, Miguel Angel Ramirez, for Charlotte FC, lasted 14 matches. And now the guy who's replaced him, Christian Latanzio, has MLS experience, didn't have a winning record. They still missed the playoffs. And yes, for continuity's sake, probably the right decision. But as far as, is he the best guy you've gotten? No. And in Matt Rule, the prize has not worked out. His general manager, Scott Fitter, as I just went over, he's had his fair share of misses as well. And David Tepper doesn't want to answer any of that. He did not lead anyone after watching that to have any more faith in him. The public is fairly out on David Tepper. And I'm sure there's people out there who are still believing in him and saying, hey, hey, it's, he's a young owner. I understand that. But I pointed out not one, not two, but several different things that he's gotten wrong early on here in his time in Carolina. And the way he went about firing Ron Rivera, where it's disrespectful to fire a guy on his day on his off day on Tuesdays. Apparently, in the NFL media, that's what's been portrayed to me that on Tuesday, you don't do that. If you're going to fire someone, fire him on Monday. Like you did with Matt Rule. He didn't pay Ron Rivera that respect. He got rid of Ron Rivera with four weeks left, and he's saying, hey, I want to give Ron an opportunity to go find a new job. He did find another job. But Ron Rivera didn't need four weeks off to be able to go find another job in the NFL. He had already been a two-time coach of the year. He had one here in Carolina. And the thing about it, too, is like David Tepper comes here and thinks as if we've never had anything at all. I, I bring up the concert thing, but he also talked about how there's never been success here in Charlotte. By my recollection, the Carolina Panthers went to back-to-back-to-back NFC South titles, right? They won back-to-back-to-back in 2013, 14, 15. They were 12-4, 7-8-1, 15-1. They had a down year. They came back, were 11-5. and so that's four out of five years went to the playoffs. I, I do recall that happening. They went to the Super Bowl then, correct? And then when John Fox is here, while they may have never had back-to-back winning seasons under him or Rivera, John Fox did take them to the Super Bowl in 03, right? And in another NFC title game in 05. And they were the number two seed in what, 07? So I know there was a yo-yo. It was 07 or 08, whenever it was, when Jake DeLone ruined our entire nights. This I understand that he wants to bring sustained success, but to sit here and act as if, the Panthers have never won at all, is absurd. And he talked about mediocrity would not be tolerated. Well, they're not even mediocre anymore. They're just god-awful. If they were mediocre before, then what are you going to call this, David? It's an embarrassment. And for me, someone who does not believe in him anyways and thinks that as long as he's the owner and until he figures out to empower the people he hires and hire the right people, that the Panthers are doomed to fail, it did not lead me to think that anything was going to change moving forward with this organization, with him as the owner. Hopefully he'll learn. And he's certainly shown humility a couple of times. Early on in that press conference, he said at the end of the day, like, I'm the one, you know, where everything falls at my feet at the end of the day because I hired these guys and I got to do a better job. And he's talked about in the past how he came in, he had to learn on the job. He didn't know certain things. He's humbled himself. But when you get over the course of 10, 12, 25-minute conversation with him in the media, 
and say what you will about the media, David Tapper shows his true colors as someone who just doesn't get it and as someone who's holding back his own organization. And that's the reason why you're getting questions like you're getting from Scott Fowler and the rest of the media of, hey, what's going on? Because it feels like there's a lot of dysfunction over there on 800 South Main Street in Uptown Charlotte. Hard to argue against that at this point in time, David. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on Locked On Panthers' YouTube channel. Check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, and be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council for every single Friday. Answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show. Either at me or DM me to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Thursday for yet another Crossover Thursday edition with the host of Locked On Rams, Travis Rogers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.